Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. That's right. Basically, we're a couple of regular dudes drinking some, well, regular beer. And we're talking about MTG, in particular the online client MTG Arena. And today is a drunken Vorthos episode. Hooray! Hooray! This is uh, one of our favorite episodes. This is Drunken Vorthos, Phyrexia, all will be one. And as always, it couldn't be a Drunken Vorthos without being a Silver Series. That's right. So uh, here on the Arena Regulars, we rate our beers on a scale of bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. Hmm. And on that scale, silver represents the macro brews. Basically, um, you know, micro brews that aren't super interesting or any macro brew will find its way in silver. Uh, so for a silver series, uh, to show that uh, we love our silver beers just just like uh, anyone, uh, we put four well-known beers against each other, and we rate them from silver four to silver one. And the end goal here is to find the best of the best, the champion silver beer. Yep. And uh, we are on our second bracket uh, in the moment, or at this moment. <laughs> so we are going back and re- rating some of the best beers from old episodes to see which one comes out on top. So, Jeff, what is our first beer of the night? All right. First up is Cronenberg, 1664. This is a pale lager from France. It's 5%. Uh, Zach pointed out to me off air that it actually has glucose syrup as an ingredient, which usually you add to, like, make a beer have more alcohol in it without bumping up the body. Um... So it'll be like drier. So it's pretty interesting that a 5% beer would have that in it. Um, it's, of course, founded in 1664. And last time, I gave it the second top spot, and you had it ranked as your number one. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if it can uh, still hit number one. Um, I uh, I don't have too much hope for that, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's Maybe a tougher, tougher bracket this time. It is. It is. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what happens with that. But um, all right, Jeff, let's just jump right into the new Phyrexia story. So this whole mm -hmm. story is called Assault on New Phyrexia by, I believe, Shannon McGuire. Shannon is spelled S-E-A-N-A-N. -A -N, so I think I'm pretty sure it's Shannon. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, so we are going to be doing the five short stories that are part of the main story on the Mothership website. That's uh, Wizards of the Coast and going through them. If you haven't read them yet or don't know what's going on, this is the perfect time to figure out what is happening. Uh, yeah, we're going to explain everything. So there's no spoilers here because, well, I guess we're going to, we're going to spoil everything. So if you haven't read it and you want to read yeah. it, <laughs> go do that or just listen to us talk about it. All right. So this is episode number one uncontrolled descent so we start off with this kind of weird uh, beginning with like kaito and he's seemingly like kind of on a beach he's having a really great time uh, basically mm -hmm. as he's like sitting in the sand and it feels very warm and comforting and he doesn't really want to move however we realize that he has crash landed onto new phyrexia and it's kind of like this I don't know, is it a spell? Is it like some sort of weird trap that they laid that makes you feel really comfortable in the sand so you just kind of like let it engulf you and you die? Is that what was happening? I guess it's not super clear because this never like happens again. Mm -hmm. And I think Nahiri says that something similar happened to her, but she was able to break out of it. 
but you don't actually know. You don't actually get any confirmation. They don't sit down and be like, yeah, was it like a beach? Did we yeah. Were you in a beach too? Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, he gets kind of shaken awake and then like hit in the face by the wanderer so yeah. that he can snap out of it. She, she straight up punches him. Yeah. And uh, she is like flickering in and out of kind of existence um, because what they find out is that there was, when they were all planes walking to Phyrexia, there was like a barrier on the outside and the barrier is trying to keep the wanderer out of new Phyrexia and like push her away because her spark's so unstable as opposed to the rest of them mm. who made it through but kind of got broken up in the process. Yeah, exactly. Our like strike team of people, which I'll refer to them as the strike team for most of this, have all been mm -hmm. split up. And so we meet the first three, which is Kaito, you said Nahiri already, who's with him right now, and then the Wanderer, who's kind of flashing in and out. Yes, and Nahiri is currently busy. When Kai while Kaito was chilling on his beach, uh, Nahiri was busy fighting this crazy squid tentacle obviously metal Phyrexian uh, monster and all of the waves uh, that Kaito was hearing was actually that fight that was going on. Um, Nahiri ends up killing this thing. Uh, they make it seem like it was pretty easy for her. It's kind of like Kaito's like, oh, I can't imagine anyone beating that thing. And then she easily beats it. Um, but she did get a bit of a scratch on the back of her neck uh, yeah. in doing so. But it's probably nothing. Uh, she's yeah. she's like ah eh, whatever. It's just a scratch, and she touches the back of her neck, and she's like, "I'm still I'm still bleeding blood, so it's not oil, so I'm all good." And they're like, "Yeah, okay, cool." So then, like, <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, Kaito gives her like a bandage from his backpack, and she puts it on the back of her neck. She's like, "I'll be fine. Don't worry about it, guys." And we're all like, "Sick." Um, it's also important to note that like when. They're fighting this thing. Kaito realizes he doesn't have a sword anymore. His, like, ninja star sword. Or his mm. tanuki drone, uh, Pan Pan. So he, like, basically doesn't have any weapons. So he's like, ah, you, you, you do that. I will not fight right now. Poor Kaito. If he had his weapons, maybe he could have stopped Nahiri from getting scratched. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's probably nothing, so it's fine. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so we kind of walk out and this is where the wanderer is kind of talking about what she's seeing and how she's trying to to help them figure out what went wrong with their mission and that uh, things are probably much much worse than they originally thought because they thought they were going to sneak up on the phyrexians which sounds really stupid um i would just assume <laughs> that like they're like oh we didn't expect this like planar barrier to like stop us from getting in or like split up our team it's like this is like the classic thinking that your opponent is like much stupider than you are and then falling into an obvious trap. Yeah, it's they had, their plan was pretty optimistic. Mm -hmm. it's like, we'll just planes walk in there and then go fuck shit up and then they won't even know we were there. Uh, they come across this, uh, what they call a statue with clothes on, which they think is very strange um, because mm -hmm. why would a statue have clothes on? Uh, I don't know. Like Good question. Most every statue that, <laughs> that you see around besides like, I don't know, from Greece, but like... How many how many statues without clothes on have are there in like the magic world? It doesn't really matter, but I just thought that this was a strange thing to point out. <laughs> like I thought it was like he's like you're describing the statue has clothes in the sense that the clothes are stone as well. 
Yeah. I was picturing it as like he's a stone statue and then he has like a shirt. Oh, is it. that what they were saying? That makes a <laughs> Which lot. Which might more, be weird. That makes a lot more sense. That's a lot weirder. I was thinking it was just a statue <laughs> that had clothes that were also the statue. Okay. Right. No. Which would not be unusual <laughs> no, like, at all. <laughs> like cloth clothes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's probably what they meant. That's. <laughs> this whole time I'm thinking like this is so stupid. <laughs> like. And in yeah. fact, no, it probably makes a ton of sense. Um, but he's kind of like, uh, the statue is like kind of bound up by these like metal things. Um, I think like tentacle-ish stuff. I was kind of imagining like the squid again, but like on yeah. this statue thing. Uh, and they all kind of try to decide whether this is like a trap. <laughs> it's after they got trapped. They're like, okay, everything's a trap now. Is this a trap? And yeah. they're like... <laughs> Probably, and then Nahiri's like, but it also looks like one of us. Let's go check it out. And uh, so they like unwrap him and are ready to fight. And it turns out to be Tyvar because Tyvar has like, I don't know, he has, I don't know what it's called, but it's like he can change his body or his skin to be whatever he wants it to be. And I guess he just kind of like he fell for a different trap. And this is why I wasn't sure. Did the same thing that happened to Kaito happen to him? So he was, like, chilling, thinking he's on a beach, and then this thing was slowly trying to consume him or something. Um, yeah, I don't really know. But for whatever reason, he was trying to hide or be safe, so he turned to stone, because he can do that. Um, so they break him free, and then there's just no explanation of what happened to him at all. Just like, oh, thanks, guys. I was just a statue. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> Why? I, I was imagining he was doing that thing, like, from Hunger Games with PETA, where he, like made him look like a, a stone or moss or whatever so he's hiding i think it just mm -hmm. seemed like that he was kind of doing that like hey i'm not a threat i'm just a rock and all the metal things were like that's just a rock and then they just kind of like moved away i guess Makes sense. yeah maybe <laughs> uh so anyway they are now uh wandering around together trying to find their like i guess the the group of rebellion rebellion people the rebels on <laughs> The rebels on New Phyrexia, um, that they we're expecting them to arrive. And so they're all trying to find the other part of the strike team. And as they cross over this kind of hill, they see some tents with some Leonins walking around. And they're like, sick, that is probably where we need to go. And as that's happening, uh, Kaito turns back and he's trying to talk to the Wanderer. And uh, she's having a really hard time staying on the plane because it takes a lot of like mental energy to like actually be there presently. Um, and so that comes to our first story spotlight, which is planar disruption, which is Kaito and the wanderer as she's getting transported away, basically involuntarily pushed out of the plane. The only other thing I wanted to mention, cause you know, the wanderer's part of the story is pretty much done now. Um, so yes, that's literally all they did was punch Kaito in the face. Um, but there was a, a scene where Nakiri touches the scratch on her the back of her neck and the Wanderer sees it and she looks really concerned. But she doesn't say anything because it takes so much energy for her to just be there. But I guess I kind of got the impression she would have liked to warn the group about something but did not, was not able to. So... Our team, Nahiri, Kaito, Taivar, and the Wanderer, who's kind of coming in and out of space, uh, go down to the tents. And this is the moment where Kaito turns to the Wanderer and she just vanishes. 
and she's mm-hmm. gone now. Like, like you were saying, she basically doesn't, uh, she's not really part of the story anymore, even though she has a whole Planeswalker card that's her fighting uh, Phyrexians yeah. and um, uh, doing a bunch of stuff. She's kind of gone now. Uh, so, mm-hmm. spoiler alert for that. We go to the tents and we meet Malira, who is going to be very important, and she was very important the last time we were on New Phyrexia. Um, and she is part of the crew uh, that's like helmed by Koth, who has been, of course, still alive, which is great. We're happy that he's alive, and he's been continuing to uh, help the rebellion and lead them to uh, basically they're building these tunnels throughout um, New Phyrexia, which we'll get into more detail about the tunnels later. But uh, Mm -hmm. we are going to go meet up with him because that was the plan, is that we were trying to come to Phyrexia and then hopefully Koth will be able to help us. It seems like we didn't know if he was alive or not, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) which happens a little bit later. But he he is because Malira tells us that he is at this moment. It's worth noting that Malira, I guess, is like... You said she was important last time around. One of the reasons she's so important is that she can't be completed. Like, she's basically immune to the Phyrexian oil. Um, I think her card has something to do with not being able to get poison counters or something. Mm-hmm. There's They do mention that in this story, but it's somewhat assumed that you already know that. Yeah. And so she's one of their best spies because she can move around without being... Uh, the oil can't affect her, so all these weird traps and things don't happen to her. So she knows a, more about the plane because she's seen more of it than anyone else, basically. Because mm-hmm. they, everyone else who's seen those places have then died <laughs> afterwards. Right. So <laughs> as Nahiri's like, all right, we're going to go down. Um, we're going to meet Koth and the rest of the people. But first, all of you, is everyone okay? Like, she's just asking, like, you guys fine? Do you need anything? Like, uh, are you hurt at all? Can I, can I help you? Because she's also a healer. So she can help mend right. anyone from any of these ailments. And notably, no one says anything. Nahiri says nothing. So, But it's fine. Well, she, it was just a scratch. She just has a scratch. She has a bandage on it. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then Malira explains that right now where they are is the monumental facade, which is the Phyrexians built this on top of the real Mirrodin to make sure that the the Mirans couldn't see the sun anymore because they're like, fuck you, there's no sun. Uh, so anyway, we're on the monumental facade and then we're going down into um, real Mirrodin, which is called Mirex by the Phyrexians. It's a dick move. I'm just going to build this layer on top of your home just to block out all five suns. <laughs> I forgot there were five suns on Mirrodin. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> Super dick move. But the Phyrexians, they like to build their planes in, like, spherical levels. I'm pretty sure, like, original Phyrexia is the same, Mm -hmm. um, where it has these inner spheres, and there are different depths of the spheres you go in. So they've reconstructed new Phyrexia in much the same way. So it starts at the core and builds out. And the outermost layer is the monumental facade. That's what's blocking the... Sun and the layer inside of that is the real Mirrodin. Which uh, they also decided to rename because, I don't know, they're dicks. But uh, to get down there, Malira, she like just takes her staff and she puts it in, like she stabs it into the ground by them. And then she waits a second and she turns around, looking back as if like something was supposed to happen and nothing did. 
And then there's a bunch of explosions that happen around where they're standing, and they all free fall down, <laughs> which is like her like plan. And all of this is like, as they're falling, Nihiri like takes the pieces of debris and the the rock from the monumental facade and like kind of make them a platform and like this little bubble so they're and and slow their movement down so that they don't just like crash and die and Mm -hmm. or just get seriously hurt and the whole time kaito's trying to figure out why this person who seems to be our friend would put us in danger by making us fall and basically malira just says well if you would die to this fall then you're really not going to be helpful to the cause so yeah (laughs) that's pretty what kaito's literally just like yo what the fuck and she's like, eh, if you couldn't survive that, what use would you have been anyways? Yeah. So it's like this weird test. Hey, don't die. But they, they passed with flying colors. Uh, thanks to Nahiri, which b- while this is happening, uh, Kaito, is, as this goes on and he spends more time with Nahiri because he doesn't know her very well, he starts to realize that she's very powerful. Like, and this is one of the times where he's like, whoa, thank God Nahiri's here or we'd be screwed. Just like he felt like earlier with like the phyrexian where he's like oh that thing looks really tense like a tough but good thing to hear he's on our side and she killed it because she's on our side yep definitely on the good guys team so now we are on the real mirrodin and malira brings us to this tunnel and it's this tunnel that they've built that i was talking about with cough and all those people and basically what she tells them is that they've what did they do they they fucked with the gravity so that when you jump into the tunnel, you just like hop onto the side and then you walk down the side of the tunnel. So that gravity changes when you go into it. So you can, you just, you don't have to free fall anymore. That's no longer part of the, right. the test. You just walk down tunnels, which is kind of cool. Pretty nifty. Yeah. I wish I could do that. That'd be, I mean, I wouldn't want to go that deep into the earth because there's nothing down there. <laughs> there's nothing cool. Um, but... If it was like a city, if it was the opposite, if I could like jump into a tunnel and walk up, I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how it works, that you could like jump down or jump up into it. Presumably. Yeah. So before we jump down into the tunnel and walk down the side of it, uh, Nahiri checks her bandage to see like, oh, what's going on over there? You know, I, I hope it's going all right. And she feels that it's been pushed up a little bit and there's like kind of this piece of metal that's pushing the bandage away. And she realizes that she has, in fact, been poisoned. And the glistening, glistening oil did get inside of her, her I don't know, bloodstream <gasps> body. <gasps> what? And um, I know. What a shocker. It's such, such, a, such a shock. And so she is now worried about turning into a Phyrexian. But in classic zombie movie fashion, doesn't tell anyone and keeps it to herself. Yep. So that's nice. Um, always great when, you know, people in the team know that they're going to turn and be, you know, your enemy soon, but they just don't want to tell anybody because then everyone might gang up on them and kill them before they turn. Yeah. I think her reasoning was if she tells them they're going to try and kill her and she would defend herself and kill all of them. And that would be bad. So she knows (laughs) that she would destroy all of them, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Uh, which she probably would. She's very confident. Yeah, that's one thing that Nahiri is. She's very confident. And I want to say this is like this is like a recurring theme in this story that people are not sufficiently concerned about people being poisoned by this 
glistening oil that will turn them into an enemy. It's, yeah. Spoiler alert, this isn't the only time it happens, and nobody ever seems to really care that much. They're just like, oh, that's a shame. I guess we'll have to deal with that. And then they just keep on going with this infected person, or they just keep on like, anywho, <laughs> back to the task at hand. Yeah, like, I no, mean, this is super important, guys. No, when we get to the other one, that one, that one I'm fine with because they had a plan. This one is like they didn't tell it. Well, except for... We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but You should be taking it more seriously, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so they all jump down, and they walk down the tunnel. Um, and at the end of this chapter, the wanderer flashes back, and she comes back to where the tents and the camp used to be, where there's a big hole in the ground. And then she talks to herself for a few moments, basically saying, oh, no, I learned so much while I was away. And uh, they are—they don't know what they're going into, and then she kind of flashes away and disappears. But uh, I did what think it was interesting be? that she just kind of said that to no one. Um, I love when characters yeah. do that. It seems like she has mm -hmm. realized something that they don't know, and uh, well, looks like they're going to be doomed. That's what it seems like the wanderer uh, has realized. Ah, that's too bad. All right, so now we are in episode two, Unstable Foundations. This one revolves around. Elspeth. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's part of the strike team and she lands alone on Phyrexia and then immediately after she realizes she's alone and she doesn't know where she is, there are six Phyrexians that are trying to kill her. Meanwhile, Kaito's just lying on a beach somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was him, I just would have stayed there. I would have been like, no, don't wake me up. I'm like, I'm chilling. Like, I don't need to be part yeah, of this. This is much better than, than what ends up happening. Yeah, because he, he doesn't. He also doesn't know everyone very well. He knows the Wanderer, which, to be fair, I was surprised that she was in it at all. Because in the Kamigawa story, it seemed like she was just kind of gone forever and isn't like her and Kaito didn't have like connections. Right. But it seems like she can control her spark better now. I don't know. A little bit. I don't yeah. know. It's unclear. But yes, so Elspeth is fighting these. Six Phyrexians. I think she pretty, like, easily dispatches three of them, but then, for some reason, the other three... Uh, are too much. Would be, yeah, would be too much to handle. Yeah. Until one of them just gets, just gets wrecked by a big purple blade that come, pops out its chest. And so that should be all the clues you need to know that Kaya is here, so... Mm -hmm. Kaya was able, with Kaya's help, they're able to pretty easily get rid of all of the Phyrexians that were attacking her. Then, uh, soon after, they meet Thrun the Troll, who uh, makes his one little appearance here and doesn't really say anything, but he helps them to uh, get down from the monumental facade to Mirex, and then finally to the Furnace Lair, which is the where everybody else was going to when they went through the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that he's barely in it, because he's... <laughs> He just seems like such a cool character to have around, but in, but he's yeah. just like a, I don't know, like a greeter. He just like meets you and says, hey, they're down here. And he like brings you to your table. He's like a host at a restaurant. Yeah. Thrun the host. Yeah, I was totally hoping there was more Thrun in this mm -hmm. story. Nope. It's like he's the last troll on Mirrodin. He's like, you know, been in since the original Mirrodin, I think. Or no, he was maybe in New, uh, New Phyrexia. Anyways, mm -hmm. he's been, like, a card that people have uh, 
had to deal with for a long time. He has another sweep card in the new set, so I was hoping that he would do more than just, like, wave. Yeah. Uh, but, but, no, he, he does his waving. I wanted to call out, too, that Elspeth, uh, I think, does get injured in the Battle with the Phyrexians, like, very mildly, right? Like, a scratch, similar thing. But Elspeth is, much like Malira, Elspeth is also immune to the oil, effects mm-hmm. of the oil. So she's, like, frantically checking Kaya for any scratches or marks, but isn't too concerned about herself. Yeah. If only she was around for um, Nahiri, so they could actually care about it. But, oh well. Um, (laughs) While we are are traveling down to the furnace layer, Kaya uh, kind of shows that she has found this weird uh, Tanuki robot drone, and also these, like, ninja stars that turn into a sword. Which she kind of like wraps oh, up and puts cool. on her belt. Yeah, she's like, sick, these are awesome. Uh, so they kind yeah. of follow her around. And uh, they safely get to the furnace lair where there's a crowd of people. But of course, Elspeth uh, walks down and she sees her favorite guy in the world. And she walks up to Koth and they do the whole predator, you know, the, the bicep arm grab thing. Dylan! Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, they both thought the other one was dead. So. Well, yeah, this is the moment where it's like, oh, I thought you were dead, but didn't we hope that he was still there? Or, like, I guess we did hope, but, like, all of our plan hinges that he's still alive. It seems strange that we wouldn't have, like, clarified that before we went. You know, th- there was a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, wouldn't you think that they would have talked about what happens if you get a cut by a Phyrexian, it, even if it's just a scratch, like, that is important. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel like they would have talked all of this through, but maybe it is just they really thought, they really underestimated their enemy, like you said. Yeah, I guess so. It really feels like it. But anyway, with that awesome Predator moment, uh, this is our story spotlight number two, which is Resistance Reunited. Uh, sweet moment. Um, I just like the card because the art looks awesome. It just, <laughs> I just gotta think about that every single time. Also, Kaito is of course reunited with Pompon, his uh, Tanuki drone, and um, so he's really psyched about that and takes him back from from Kaya, who was like, "Oh yeah, man, that was a funny moment." Yeah, that was a funny <laughs> moment because I feel like Kaito was like, "Hey, those are mine," and, and Kaya's like, "Are they?" Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yes, can't you tell they're not Phyrexian? Kai's like, all right, fine. You can yeah. Them, I guess. Okay. <laughs> she's, like, she's pretty bummed out. Yeah. Uh, also, Jace is here. So he found his way in. Um, there was a bit where they were talking about how the, like, they had a connection and they were trying to figure out where is everybody else because when Jace was going, he's famous for, like, when they planeswalk or, or go on missions, he links everyone's minds together so they can talk without opening their mouths. And, of course, they were doing that this time, but then when they went through the barrier on the outside of the plane, it broke everybody up and it broke his mind link or whatever. Um, but we have a quick moment of like, all right, where's everybody else? And he's like, I don't know. But uh, anyway, we're here, so let's keep doing the mission. And they're like, there, there's something with like Nissa. And Nahiri makes a joke about how she's a really hard weed to pull or something, which seemed quite rude, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was kind of Loved funny. It. Yeah. 
Yeah. And basically this whole story or this whole chapter is just outlining the plan. It's all just like a info dump for how Phyrexia, new Phyrexia works and what the, the overall plan is. Yeah. Which actually I liked this chapter quite a bit because I did like all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But it is very much like the casino heist uh, movie where they're like, all right, here's the plan. You're going to do this and then you're going to do this. And because you do this, this happens. Except for there was a mm-hmm. lot less of that and more like, this is a map of where we are and how you right. get places. So this right. would be... A, to get here. Yes. Um, so I think Malira is the one who's explaining the whole thing. And she's having Nahiri help her by like showing the spheres. So we're going to talk about the spheres now. About like what Mirrodin is. Because um, it's part of this whole like, hey, we have all these... Our, our plane looks different than other ones. So she like has... It almost feels like she's testing Nahiri. But this is part of one of those moments where Kaito thinks that Nahiri is really strong yeah um and the the funny thing about this is like basically the plan is they have to destroy this world tree uh rip off that that elishnorn stole from kaldheim and they're going to use the remake of the silex so the same silex that urza used they've recreated it apparently i know we criticized that last time apparently you could just do that Mm -hmm. um but yeah they, they did it and Basically, uh, um, Malira asks Jace, okay, so you're going to blow up the world tree. Will you blow up all of Mirrodin when you do that? And Jace is like, well, according to my calculations, um, no. And then Malira's like, okay, but do you even know how what Mirrodin looks like, how it works at all, what its geography is, like anything of that? And then there's the awkward moment where Jace, you know, they just stare at each other blankly for a while. And Malira's like, okay, I'm going to explain to you how it works. And then maybe you can redo those calculations based on some actual knowledge of the plane. <laughs> and answer yeah. me whether or not you're going to blow me up. <laughs> yeah, and that is going to continue to be something that's important throughout the entire story. But uh, to show how Mirden works, Malira has Nahiri take like a piece of rock and like make a ball out of it. Um, and she's like, all right, so this ball is the seed core. This is the very core of the plane. Um, this is basically where you need to get to, because this is where the uh, realm breaker is, which is the world tree knockoff, which later we'll talk about whether it's actually the world tree or not. I'm a little confused about that, but yeah, anyway. It's not super clear. Yeah, it's not super clear. Um, Tyvar makes it seem like it is, and he's really mad about it, but I can't tell whether it actually is the world tree that they took and then completed. Because at some point it makes it sound like they did that. But then at the same time, I don't know what would have happened to Call Time if the world tree wasn't there to hold up all the different realms. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, this is where the the um, the realm breaker is in the seed core. And then uh, they make another sphere on top of that that just kind of encompasses it. And that's the Mycosynth Gardens. And this is the place where they released the toxins the first time the Phyrexians took over Mirrodin. And this is how they started to breathe in all of the, the gases and, and took over. Right. The next layer is the Fair Basilica, which is like where Elishnor is. And then the Dross Pits, the Surgical Bay, the Hunter Maze, the Furnace layer, which is where we are right now, Mirex, and then the Monumental Facade. So lots of layers. It's, uh, it's like an ogre. Or an onion. Exactly, yeah, it's an onion. Um, and 
some of these places, like, I'm a little confused because they say Murex was, like, uh, what remains of Mirrodin, but then the other phases are, like, parts of Mirrodin, mm -hmm. it seems like, at some point. Like, there's one that Vorinclex took and made into his Hunter Maze or whatever, and that was supposed to be the green mana from Mirrodin, the Tangle. Uh, and the Dross Pits, like, Dross was a thing on Mirrodin yeah. before Phyrexia invaded. So I'm a little unclear on what exactly they mean on Murex is, like, the remainder of Mirrodin. I think that's... like, sub-levels within it, or... I think it was just, like, the top layer of Mirrodin. Because I also thought that Mirrodin maybe all had layers, too. But I also don't really know. I didn't read any of those books, so... I have no clue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it seems like they just... St they they took over from the inside out. Maybe that's a drunken Vorthos for another time about how Mirrodin became what it is. But anyway, those are all the yeah. layers. They are also the five common lands and then four more... Four? Is it nine? Yeah. Um, the five common lands and then four uh, rare lands that are new in a set are these different layers, these spheres of Mirrodin. <sighs> all right. Um, also, it's important to know that f between the furnace and the dross pits, there's a tunnel that goes straight to it, so we can kind of pass through the hunter maze and the surgical bay. We don't really have to go there. So luckily, we have like a shortcut. It's like a... It shoots and ladders. It's like a shoot just straight down. Yes, exactly. Yep. And fun fact that I know just from seeing the like preview for one of the side stories, the hunter maze is where Nyssa and Luca ended up. Very nice, yeah, because we don't really see them uh, in the story. So, mm -hmm. after we talk about the plan to uh, the casino heist, um, Koth tells everyone that the Glimmer Void, or Glimmer Void is like a type of metal, um, they code it on themselves or in the weapons, and it really helps them um, fight Phyrexians better. It doesn't completely stop you from getting like consumed with the oil, but it helps a lot. So all like the cards where you see the hammers and all their bodies that have like the um, in all the art there's like the I don't know what are they hexagons all over their body that's glimmer yeah. that's the glimmer void um, on them yeah because they use the glimmer void to make something called like hex gold or mm -hmm. whatever right right, right right that's what you're seeing in those pictures so we all decide we're gonna suit up we're like sweet let's do that. And so everyone kind of at some point goes over and rubs it on their weapons and stuff. Um, and Kaito puts it all over uh, his Tanuki drone so it can be uh, uncompleted. Because that would mm -hmm. be really sad. If they, if they killed the Tanuki or turned it evil, that would be really, <laughs> really sad. I feel like a lot of people would I was get so hoping mad. they were going to do that. Really? <laughs> I think... I, I don't... They kept mentioning the Tanuki so many times. I'm like, oh, they're going to complete this motherfucker. That's yeah. For sure. uh, <laughs> don't worry. They did not kill the Tanuki. Because I think too many people would be sad. It's like, don't shoot the dog in the movie, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Phyrexians are that evil. <laughs> they're evil they complete evil. planeswalkers they don't they don't kill that tanuki uh <laughs> they created a whole extra layer just so you wouldn't be in the sunlight <laughs> yeah but uh <laughs> anyway um koth and elspeth have like this nice moment and he mentions to her that there is a demolition team coming down uh just in case the silex doesn't work uh so hey, this you don't might, need that yeah this might be important later, but uh, it is helpful that we do have this demolition team. Um, 
<laughs> helpful. We'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. Um, and uh, so Nahiri goes over to the Glimmer Void or the Hex, uh, Hex Gold stuff. And she's like, sweet, okay, no one has to know. I'm just gonna take some of this, I'm gonna rub it on my wound, and then I'm gonna be healed. And then I won't have to tell anyone about what happened to me. Um, in fact, uh, she like cuts, she cuts more of her skin open and puts it into her bones basically. And then like, yeah. it just seals back up and like, doesn't do anything. And so she's like, yeah, fuck. So of yeah. course she turns around while she's doing that. And Malira finds her while she's trying to rub it on. And Malira's like, what's going on there? Yeah. Cause earlier it mentions Malira's like eyeing nahiri's mm -hmm. bandage um and so yeah she obviously found out and now she's like well listen i can heal that but uh, you'll be out of commission for a few days and therefore you will miss this entire mission probably and nahiri's like well these losers can't do it without me so um we're just gonna have to fight on and not heal me and then you can heal me after. Yeah. Uh, and they both nod and go off. Yeah. That's I mean, it. <laughs> it did seem like Malira was doing her best to be like, I might not, you know, depending, it might not happen. Like, you know, you were taking a risk. If I don't heal you right now, there's a big possibility that you won't be able to be healed. And Nahiri's like, that's fine. And they're both like, cool. And then they tell no one. <laughs> Of course, yeah. That that really pissed me off. I was like, okay, surely Bolir is going to tell Koth now, or going to tell Elspeth. Nope. Nah. No one needs to know. There's just this most powerful planeswalker on our team might be working for the enemy and could burst out and, you know, turn against us at any point, but they don't need to know that. Yeah, it kind of seems like everyone is aware that that could happen and they can deal with it at the time. The only person that seems to be worried about it is Kaito. Kaito's like... I don't want to fight her if she's the bad one. That's no. Yeah. I, she's I've seen really her whoop some ass already. Yeah. And I, I, saw, I saw her do some stuff with some rocks that was kind of crazy. I'm not going to fight her. <laughs> <laughs> she like, I don't think my ninja stars will be that effective. That's <laughs> what he's saying. <laughs> Basically. Um, anyway, and then the whole strike team is all together. So the strike team consists of like, oh, geez, who are the people? So we have... Nahiri, Kaito, Tyvar, Jace, uh, Kaya. Kaya, yeah, she's important. And then Malira, Koth, and like his uh, crew of like demolition people. And yeah, I think that's everybody. They mention at this point that basically Jace or Kaya has to do it, like right. has to blow, blow everything up. The reason is that Teferi went back in time and learned, watched Urza do it and learned how to do it. And that information was transferred to Kaya. Because she... Jace can... It was transferred to her because she was, like, helping him go back in time to do the ghost thing. Right. So she was, she was present. Like this, the spirit connection or something. And uh, I think apparently while that was happening, Jace was also reading her mind. So then... Right. And Jace read her mind and now also knows how to work the Silex, but... It's not something she can just, like, explain to someone else. Apparently. Though when... Yeah. <laughs> it seems, like, easy enough, but, like, whatever. Um, 
they're, but they're really concerned that it has <laughs> that to be they, Jace. Or, they're going right. to forget how to do it. Anyway, so Jace is plan A. He's going to go down. He's going to detonate it, even though we don't know how much it's going to blow up. And Kaya is plan B. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like you were saying, Malira wanted to get a recalculation after he learned about Mirrodin and all that. And after that, he says, all right, if I say yes, it could blow up Mirrodin, are you not going to help us? And she said, I wouldn't help you if you said no, because she's like, I know you don't know for certain, and you, I don't want you to lie to me. I'd rather you tell me the truth than lie to me. So yeah, she's happy about that. Lives. They're also like, we don't know it, how much it'll blow up. Will it blow up this whole plane? If the, if the world tree or the realm breaker is further like sticking its fingers, because the, their plan is that like the realm tree is going to, or the realm breaker, sorry, is going to mm-hmm. stick its branches out and touch all different planes, and then they can walk on the branches, or I, I guess, or like fly there or yeah, something. Yeah, sent their battleships. Their battleships and stuff to the different planes. And so if at that point the tree is there and they blow it up, what will happen? They just don't know. So they're like, mm-hmm. hopefully we get there before that happens. It's just a little more evidence of like, this plan isn't super well thought out. They, it becomes more and more clear as you go. But it really story. is Their all they have. wasn't rock solid. The, yeah. It's the only <laughs> thing they got though. Like, um, and I'm going to keep saying that over and over again. It's the only thing they got. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll yeah. get to it. But anyway. And I'm just super curious what Jace's calculations were before he knew how the plane worked at all. Like, what, <laughs> was he just lying? Was it just BS? Like, oh, according to my calculations, it won't blow you up. Yeah, he was basically lying. I, I think so. Yeah. And then he must have like... It has to be, right? And he must have like read her mind to be like, she wants me to tell her that I sh- that we might. Right. And so then he says the right yeah. thing. Anyway, Jace is sneaky like that. Um, but anyway, our whole strike team is now getting into like these little ship things to go down the longer tunnel all the way to the dross pits. Um, yeah, I was thinking of this as like, do you know those... Um, those tunnel levels in Donkey Kong Country, if you ever played that game. They're yeah. in the little cart. And yeah, yeah. Like, you're hot. Oh, that's it. <laughs> like that. That's what I was imagining, just like Elspeth in one of these. Things. <laughs> I was thinking, because I guess maybe that is what they're in. Is it, because is it going straight down? For some reason, I thought it was like hovering and it would like go down like this. And it was more like that thing. I, but I thought it was going down, but it, because of gravity, it feels like it's going sideways. Forward or whatever. They changed For, the gravity. And then yeah. Go. That makes sense. I was definitely imagining for some reason that it was more like that weird thing that Bowser sits in with the little uh, propeller on the bottom, and they're all like in that thing, and they're just like oh, yeah, going down imagine. like that. Because yeah. <laughs> they like needed um, cars. But and there's like a super ominous line where they're like, um, "What happens if our plan is compromised and we get intercepted in this tunnel?" And Malira's just basically like, "We're fucked." Yeah, and, and they're like, and I was like, like, "Oh yeah, that's that's some foreshadowing." Yeah. Uh, uh, and they they kind of just go ha 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 yeah exactly they're like ah oh, that'd be too bad <laughs> um, anyway so that is the end of chapter two and also this is a great time to have a beer break before we go to chapter three and four so uh, let's Perfect. get some more beer so this is Alexander Keith's uh, it's a blonde ale I know on the can it says it's an India pale <laughs> ale it's not. Um, we went through this yeah. in the last time we did Keith, so you can go check it out. But basically, uh, the standards for things were different when this was made in 1820, and they called it that, and there was no one to tell them they were wrong. So, 
Anyway, yeah. um, you should consider this a blonde ale always. And this is made in Canada, and it's 5%. And last time we rated it, it we both gave it silver one. So, yeah, Oof. looks a uh, nice contender. Let's, uh, let's see how this measures up. All right, Jeff, let's get back into it. This is episode three, Inconceivable Losses. Mm-hmm. We arrive at the dross pits in our carts slash hover things slash whatever they are. And um, I think, are we with Elspeth right now? As we go down? Yeah, I think so. that's right. And yeah. so Elspeth went down with like the Mirans, not other planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. And then she like regrets that because there's no one to keep her company or something. <laughs> like you can still talk to the Mirans. Right? They're, they're people. They? Well, I think at first she was like happy to be away from the planeswalkers. And then she realized that she was kind of tired of the Mirans. So she's like, I don't, I don't really want to be around yeah. two people. Fucking Mirans, man. They can't even jump to a different plane. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> and they're kind of talking about like the, Oh, thank God we didn't have to go to the surgical bay. Ugh, that place sucks. And somebody else was like, no, Hunter's Maze is worse, or whatever. And it was just like yeah, yeah. some sort right. of banter. Um, but they do mention, when we get to the dross pits, that everything is rotted. Rotted? <laughs> I don't know why I said that yeah. weird. Everything's rotting. It's rotted down there, um, including uh, all the people that are there. So the longer you stay in the dross pits, the longer... the the more you'll be infected, basically. So, like, the fumes in the air will start to infect you. So you don't want to be there for very long. Um, we hop out of the cart, and the plan is that we need to get to another tunnel that's farther away that helps us go down to the Fair Basilica, which is right below the Dross Pits, where we are right now. And uh, to get there, there's a bunch of enemies in the way. Uh, so it doesn't really seem like it's a super great plan we have to kind of figure out like they didn't really talk about how they were going to get there they're just like koth was like yeah um there's a bunch of bad guys but luckily they're fighting each other because there's like seven different rulers but like four of them don't like three of them so then they fight a lot so there's a lot of chaos so we could just slip through that seems to be the plan yeah i guess overall like urabrask is trying to take over New Paraxia, you know, they basically mm-hmm. take Elishnorn's spot. Yeah. Um, so some people are siding with him and some aren't. So I guess the Dross Pits, which is like the black banner yeah, no. region, mm-hmm. uh, has seven thanes, one of which is apparently the Oldred. Yeah. Uh, which I thought she was like the big bad, um, but I guess she's just one of seven thanes. And like you said, four of them are with Urobrask. Yeah. And the other three are like, I'm probably not with Elish North, but, like, don't give a shit, kind of. Yeah, just um, or with the status quo, kind of, and she is the status quo. Um, they're, like, looking to profit off whatever happens, probably, kind of thing. Yeah, I think some of the other ones, I don't have them written down, but it's, like, I think Gith or whatever. And yeah. some of those other, like, legendary black creatures are those things. Yeah, they have cards in the set. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, here it is. It, it says um, the Thane in their title. Yeah, so Geth, Vran, and Roxith, as well as Shieldred, mm-hmm. are all working. Um, they they are giving forces to the rebellion against Elishnorn. So that means that Shieldred is on the same side as Urbrask now, which we didn't really. I guess so. 
this was like a one sentence thing that was like, wait, 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 since when? Like she just did a whole yeah. thing in Dominary United that was like, go Elish Norn. And now maybe she is like helping Elish Norn take over the other planes, but she wants to be the big bad, like you were saying, just like Eurobrask. So all the fight the Phyrexians are kind of fighting with each other because they don't all think yeah. mommy is mommy. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a little, like, interesting. There's even mention at some point that when, you know, in, in the previous chapter, when we, they were chilling in the furnace, Urubrask, like, allowed them to do that or built it out for them. There was some, there was yeah, some mention. Yeah, Koth and Urubrask are, like, they're chill. Like, Urubrask is, like, on their side. That's why he was in Nukapena and was, like, fine. With, like, Tezzeret, because Tezzeret is also playing both sides. So, mm. anyway, Eurobraska's, like, helps the rebellion. And right. we're part of the rebellion, so. And um, people feel a little uncomfortable with the fact that they're getting, they're, like, relying on a Phyrexian. But, what are you gonna do? They're strong. Um, anyway, uh, Elspeth has a plan that the entire group should just drink all these vials of Halo... So that the necrotic fumes from the dross pits don't infect them. Because not only is there like the the glistening oil you have to worry about in the dross pits, but the um, necrotic stuff, the green, every time you see like green rivers on Mirrodin cards, that's like Necron. Um, and so that stuff will poison you as well. And the other thing that I needed, I wish there was more explanation around. I feel like either I missed it or there just wasn't any. But why didn't they just keep digging this tunnel? Like, why is there one tunnel that goes to the dross pits that's super far away, another tunnel that goes down another layer? No. Was there a reason they had to stop digging? Uh, they didn't explain it, but I'm sure that this one was easy to dig, and then the next one would have been hard, or something happened. I don't really know. Um, right. But I know a lot of Mirren lives were lost, and you need to respect that, because Koth yes, tells yes. us that that's really important. Yeah. Hey, Mirren's died to make these tunnels, so... Shut the fuck up and don't ask any questions. That's what he is what he's saying. That's right, Jeff. And I'm I'm all like, couldn't a few more of them have died to dig yeah. further? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, yes, we do have to get to a far a tunnel that's farther away, and we don't really know why. Um, Jace drinks this halo that Elspeth gives him. It's supposed to help him, but he immediately falls back in pain and is freaking out, and he's just like writhing on the ground. And everyone else is like, oh my god, he's going to die. I think Kaya runs up to him and like says that he had, like his pulse is haywire or something. Um, Whatever, yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Up and down a lot? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so he's going bonkers. And then everything kind of... And okay, so they're going through like, what do we do with Jace? He has the Silex. We need to give it to Kaya because then she can go do it. He can go back upstairs to the furnace level and then they can heal him or something and Malira will have to go back and they are trying to figure out what the plan is and then all of a sudden Jace stands up he says Vraska is in pain I'm gonna go find her and they're like yeah whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Pump, pump the brakes something yeah. crazy just happened let's figure this out he says no and he jumps in the no I don't think he jumps in the cart thing he's just like trying to figure out where she is. He just, is. like, trudges off through the necrogen with basically no fucks given. Yeah. Tybar's, like, holding him at some point, and then he breaks free. Yeah. And he's like, Vraska is in pain. She, that was her pain, not my pain. 
the halo must have cleared my mind and then her like message got through to me. I need to find her right now and you can either come or you can't, but this is what I'm doing. And everyone's like, wait, no, let's not do that. Let's do the mission and we, we might get hurt and die if we go to find Braska right now. And he's like, I'll meet up with you guys later. And they're like, well, give us the Silex. He says, like, no. <laughs> like, I'm going to yeah. keep it. <laughs> nah. nah. <laughs> anyway, so he starts running off, and they all just decide, well, let's just go with Jace and figure it out. Um, there's also kind of a thing about, like, you have to watch where you step, because you might step in, like, the Necron that will, like, fuck you up. And Kaya just, like, turns her yeah. feet ghost. And so she just walks wherever the fuck she wants, <laughs> because she doesn't worry about it. I just remember liking yeah. that part. <laughs> Just, like, hovers over it. It's pretty cool. So, now Jace is running away towards Vraska, where I guess he knows where she is now because he can feel her in his mind. And everyone is following. <laughs> and while this is happening, uh, Elspeth starts to realize that there's a lot of weird Phyrexian things around them that, like, more and more as they get closer and closer to wherever Vraska is. And she's thinking, oh, this is not good. They're all weird multiple armed blade people um but she realizes they can't actually see her because jace has cast an illusion on all of them so they're cloaked in like invisibility kind of but most of it yeah. is just i guess tricking all the people around them that they're not there whatever that means right it's an illusion yeah that allows them to just kind of beeline it right for wherever Vraska is mm -hmm. and remember even if jace didn't have the silex he's still plan a so they He's kind of being a, a dick, and everyone has to go with him, because otherwise they have no plan. Yeah. But he leads us to this uh, Colosseum, which turns out to be Shieldred's Colosseum. So apparently, Shieldred has, like, these, I don't know, gladiators, kind of. She forces different Phyrexians to fight against each other for amusement, and then also Mirans that they have captured will also get forced to fight in this arena as well. Or sorry, this yeah, specifically the ones that aren't worth completing. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. How sad. I don't know. Is that a worse fate than being completed, uh, or better? I don't know. But <laughs> it, it would feel disappointing to be like, "Oh, you're not good enough to be completed." You're like, "Oh man." Yeah, like you just don't, you don't think yeah. anything about me. You just I'm just. Mugh. Now I gotta die in the Phyrexian arena. Yeah, this sucks. That sucks. Anyway, so they bust into the arena. Um. And uh, Vraska is in the center. And all around, there's, like, the, the necrogen, like, that green stuff is on the outside and in the, in the middle. And Vraska is surrounded by, like, Mirin bodies that are on the ground and a bunch of Phyrexians that are closing in to attack her. She's also yeah. horribly wounded. Her, she's holding her stomach, and it looks like she's holding in, like, her organs, like something happened, right. and she is dying. Entrails are being held in place, By, basically. Yeah. Um, and there's also a bunch of like petrified Phyrexians uh, mm -hmm. around that she has clearly vanquished. Yes. Classic um, Frasca. But she's not doing too good. So our strike team goes into action, uh, and then Nahiri also tells Kaya, like, hey, we're going to fight, but you need to stay back because you're plan B. And if anything happens to Jace, then we need you. So you can't get completed or hurt or anything. So stay where you are because without you, we have absolutely nothing we can do. Um, and then they, like, rip all the fireworks to shreds and get to Vraska. Now, 
while all this is happening, there's also this moment where like Tyvar and Kaito are fighting some people and Tyvar like uses his whatever stone abilities and then some of the oil gets onto his skin and before it goes inside of him, Kaito like pulls the oil off of Tyvar uh, using his telekinesis and then it's kind of like a bubble in the air and then he like throws it in a Phyrexian's eyes and then they like kill the Phyrexian. But the fact that Kaito can do that is important. So remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is a little odd, I thought. But I guess he could do that. His yeah. <laughs> he could pull up just the oil off your skin and form it into a sphere and throw it. Yeah, telekinesis. It makes sense. I'm on board. That one's <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> All right. We're, I guess we're accepting that one. Yeah. Um, but it's important that he can get he can like remove it from you without touching it himself. Yes. So Jace is over by Vraska, and she says that uh, he's trying to like help her as everyone else is killing other Vraxians around them. She is saying that it's too late for her, and the poison has already infiltrated her body, and she is changing. And Jace keeps telling her like, "You'll be fine. Just come with me. I can fix you. It'll be okay." Like, it's. Mm-hmm. All of that is wrong. Like, you're going to be fine as someone... If you don't know, Jason Braska are, like, in love. Uh, maybe yeah. that should have been said earlier. This is why Jace <laughs> is so intense about getting to Braska, because she's, like, his soulmate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just sad to see her be like, I, like, look at my, look at my entrails. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I feel the poison coming into my body. I'm going to turn soon. You guys all have to get away. Because bad things are going to happen if I turn and you're still here. And Jace is like, fuck no, I'm staying with you till the very end. Uh, till like your whole, t- till your mind is gone to the other side. I'm going to be with you. Cute mm-hmm. sentiment. Ridiculous. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah, kind of not the, the smartest. I, I get that he's in love, but mm-hmm. like it's another instance of not being concerned enough about the Phyrexian oil changing well, at this moment, okay, so I'm going to go through this, and then then I'll talk about what I feel about it, how worried they are about the Phyrexian oil stuff. Um, but basically, with this moment, uh, Jace is like, I'm not going to leave your side. And Vraska's like, please, just go away. And so he tells her to close her eyes. And then this moment is so sweet. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I love this. <laughs> So Jace has Rasko then open her eyes and he's cast an illusion kind of in her brain or they're, they're kind of separate from the world. And uh, they are in Ravnica on like a nice afternoon and they're like strolling through like this park and it's kind of like their last date together while she is slowly crossing over. He's trying to um, ease her pain as much as he can. And make her kind of have them be able to live in this moment forever. Um, however, it's very short-lived because then quickly he feels like something sharp go into his palm. And he's like, what? And then he comes out of the illusion and she has completely transformed. And she has stabbed him with one of her... Her snakes on her head turned into like these spikes that, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, inject poison and then... He got hit with the poison. And but that part was nice. I like 
it was very sweet. Yeah. And then she says, for the glory of Phyrexia or whatever. As she purred. She, which kind, is, she kind of ruined the, the moment a little bit. Yeah. But. I, I do like that Shannon specifically said she purred it. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure is the verb. Um, nice. But anyway, that comes to our story spotlight number three, which is Phyrexian Arena. Of course, we're in Phyrexian Arena. And that's exactly what that moment is. Ugh. Um, while all that stuff is happening, the strike team is trying to leave the Coliseum, but they run out right into the middle of a war that is a bunch of all the Phyrexians are fighting each other over whatever stuff. The things we were talking about before that was going to be a good distraction is actually in our way, and we cannot get to the tunnel because there's too many people. And they turn back, and they can't go that way because Vraska's all completed and shit, so they're like, what the fuck do we do now? Um, and now Jace got stabbed, and he's... I, this is the moment where I'm like, when you said you were going to stay till the end, I thought yeah. Jace was just saying he was going to get completed. He's just like, if you're completed, I completed. Like, I'm staying with you, and we're going to go through this together. I thought he was saying we're mm-hmm. going to die together, basically. But in fact, that's not what he meant at all. And he meant, yeah. I'm... I'm going to run away at the last second, but I was too slow. Like <laughs> Yeah. What he was trying to do was time it perfectly so that he got as much time with her while she is her regular self. So. And then s- slipped out right before the Phyrexian Vraska took over, um, which is just dumb. Like, you don't need an extra 30 seconds with Vraska while she's holding her entrails and dying. <laughs> like... Yeah. If your plan I mean, is to not get completed, just fucking leave. I think your plan being like, I want to be with her no matter what, that's fine. That's noble. I get it. Give the Silex to uh, fucking the, the Kaya and then go. Um, sorry, while this is happening, but I, I said that before, but before they leave, there's actually a moment where Jace is telling them that he's not going to go with them and that he's going to stay with Vraska. And so then, um, oh no, that's happening right now. So he's trying to fix her after she's been turned. And uh, mm-hmm. the team's like, no, we're going to. Oh no, no, this happened before. I'm getting confused. Um, <laughs> so before he got stabbed with the thing, everyone's like, we need to leave right now. You have to come with us. And he's like, fuck you guys, I'm going to stay with Vraska. And so then the Hiri like cuts his backpack open or like, or whatever. Opens it up and then Kaya runs and gets the Silex. And then, so she has it now um, while he's staying. Yes, and that's that, when that is important. Yes. <laughs> so Kaya has the Silex and they're like, we're going to we're gonna get out of Dodge. And then the date happens and then he gets stabbed and then he runs away after that. And basically because they were fighting all the Phyrexians that like alerted outside Phyrexians to their presence, which is partly why the huge army's like waiting for them. Yeah, because they were... The like yelling and screaming and stuff because you know that's what happens when you fight (laughs) all right so jace is now our new our second zombie member who has been stabbed and i don't think he immediately tells everybody but i think it's fairly obvious because his hand is he just has like this wound on his arm and hand yeah the, the wires are already starting to be visible so he's with the others, and then Nahiri is trying to fight all these Phyrexians, and she rips off her bandage and knows that she's really, really close to turning. And the other thing about it, I think it was specifically with Nahiri, but like the more 
exertion you use, basically, the the faster you turn. So like, the yeah. more magic she uses, uh, the quicker she becomes a Phyrexian. So she rips it off, realizes that she's really close to dying. So she or turning into a Phyrexian. So she's like, you know what? Um, she tells everyone to stand back, and then she just like fucking breaks the world, the earth around them yeah. apart. <laughs> And there's just darkness and dust. And that is story spotlight number four, which is Nahiri's sacrifice. I, I love that she did that, where she's like, you know what? If I'm going to go out, I'm going to do as much damage as I possibly can before I become the evil one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's yeah. pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to Vraska, who's like, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there, I mean, like, I think of this story, I'll probably remember that moment the, the most which is with Jason mm-hmm. Braska because it's so nice. They have some nice moments in some other stories too. So I'm happy we got one in this hellscape of a horrible world. There's something cute, <laughs> but um, it wasn't long enough. I wish they had it. I wish it was longer. So it really caught me off guard um, where they're like mm-hmm. sitting for a while and like drinking wine. And it was only like 30 seconds, but it, like in our mind it's, you know, longer anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they could have knocked it a little bit more. But that's just me. I don't know if anybody else wanted a longer date, but I did. Everyone else is like, what the fuck is this shit? Get back to the fight. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... No, I thought it was nice. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's just so different from everything else that's yeah. going on. I still think it's dumb, but... Jason. <laughs> He's playing. I mean, like, Jason in general just, like, does dumb things, but whatever. After the smoke clears, mm-hmm. the team looks around and they realize that they are... A, like a ground below where they were before. So they are now at the fair basilica looking up at a hole where they were in the dross pits because Nahiri destroyed the earth all around them and the entire uh, Colosseum falls. And yeah. uh, that's great because that's exactly where they wanted to be. Hey, thanks. Nahiri, why didn't you do this before? <laughs> and also, I'm not, it's not clear to me why Nahiri also couldn't come. Down? Yeah, can't she just, like, do it beneath herself as well? Well, I no, no, no. I think she did it, but she the, after it all happened, it was just kind of dust and, like, rubble, and they just didn't know where she was, and so they just, like, left because they... She kind of said, mm-hmm. guys, I'm done, and, like, did it, and then she's gone. I think at that moment, she basically becomes completed, and we do want to be away from her. Because um, mm-hmm. I know that she couldn't do it... She couldn't yeah, have done it before. Maybe she she was completed. yeah. Because she, if if she had done it before, she probably would have been completed faster. Also, Jace was running away, so whatever. Anyway, um, we are where we want to be, which is great. And uh, both Nahiri and Vraska are nowhere to be seen. So both of those issues are completely gone, which is great. Thank, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm sure they won't reemerge. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. And then there is a the fight continues above and around them. And then they just throw in that Atraxa is there pushing forces yeah, forward. That was pretty random. It's yeah. like, and then they saw Atraxa. Yeah. And it's just completely irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> it was just to remind you that Atraxa is there and she's on the fair Basilica level. Um, cause she's like one of Ellen and Ellis Norn's peeps and she's in the set. I, I don't know if it's like to tie in with one of the side stories either. Like maybe that's supposed to give you an idea of, how yeah, the stories. Maybe we didn't uh, read the side stories, but maybe we'll do it later. But yeah, 
we'll, we'll find out. But uh, I think it's more so that Commander players love Atraxa, so they just wanted to add her in, like Sprinkle. Just have to have that name in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, or sorry, more so, uh, I was I was mistaken. Commander players hate Atraxa, is what I was supposed to say, because right. that's actually yes. what they, they feel like. Um, that's factual. Yes, that's factual. Anyway, they are all now running away from where they were before, and while this is happening, Jace convinces Kaya that she should give him the Silex back. Um, mm-hmm. Even though his his arm is like slowly breaking apart and he's becoming completed. Like he's obviously poisoned. Yes. Um, but he does say that the halo in his body is slowing down his completion, and that if the person who has the Silex detonates it, dies, he wants to do it because he's he's dead anyway. So he's already poisoned. Mm-hmm. Poisoned. Um, he might as well <laughs> just set it off because, and that makes sense to me. Like, hey, I'm a goner now, so just let me do it. So if if something goes on where the the person who detonates it dies, let me do it because I'm dead already. There's also a a mention that he might have said something unsavory to Kaya. It doesn't actually say what he says to get her to give up the Silex, but she seems pretty pissed. <laughs> oh, I think I missed I mean, that it's, part. It's told from like Elspeth's point of view or something, and she is like gives it to him in a hump, and then there's a, a reference later to like whatever Jace said that pissed off Kaya, um, which I thought was kind of interesting because it doesn't end up coming up. Yeah. Um, it's just like something they allude to so I don't know what he said but uh, this is just another moment where I'm like you are not I understand that he's like lost or whatever Mm -hmm. but you cannot give a Phyrexian the most important tool for your entire plan when he could change at any moment (laughs) yeah though it's ridiculous when we need to respect this more but but when we get to the end, you realize that it doesn't matter. Um, I know that it doesn't end up mattering. But I know. It should have. This was a dumb plan. <laughs> I my grievances aren't until the very end. So like I'm fine with like all these things are cool. Well, I have grievances there too, but this makes no sense. You're like, wow, you're clearly poisoned by the enemy and are going to become a like counter agent at any moment. Here is the most important item we have at our disposal with our entire plan. Depends on. Yeah, but we also saw Nahiri, and she's gone through a bunch of stuff, and, like, it took her a really long time, and he just got the thing, and also... He got way worse than Nahiri did. Nahiri just got scratched. Sure, but he also has the halo, so I think it's not the worst. I I wouldn't wouldn't trust this. I think this is a bad idea. Um, (laughs) And also, I think Valera has the exact same talk with Jace as she had with Nahiri, where it's like, hey, I could fix you, but it would take put you out of commission for a few days. And he's like, fuck that. And she's like, cool. Yeah, well, they also say, no, 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 because somebody else says, hey, Malira, couldn't you save him? And she's like, yeah, oh, okay. but we'd have to be up on the furnace level. I can't do it here. And he's like, I don't I don't got time for that. And that's... Oh, it. right. They were talking away from him. And yeah. like, he, like, says in their minds, like, just to let you know I'm listening. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I, I, I don't like people talking about my fate without me kind of thing. Anyway... Yeah. So that's not going to happen. He's not going to get fixed. It's kind of over. Um, also, uh, random, it doesn't really matter, but when Elspeth fell, her bag of Halo broke, so there's no more Halo. <laughs> All the Halo's I, know, I couldn't help but be like, oh no, the bag of stuff that didn't really matter. Yeah. Oh no, the, the dust of the angels that didn't do anything is broken? Oh, so sad. 
I, I'm not even sure why this was part of it. Like, it, it just wrote, it's not like if they had Halo, it would have trivialized upcoming encounters. It's not like this ends up mattering. It's just because they want to tie it into why she had to be at New, New Capena and like get the Halo in the first place. But like Halo never matters. Wasn't it supposed to be like the ultimate weapon to beat Elish Norn? And like it was, yeah. Or at least that's what or, I thought based on this. And that's scene. not it at all. So. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I didn't really like the new Capena store anyway, so I'm fine with Halo not mattering at I all. I love... Uh, exactly. I think... I wonder if they pivoted, right? Because it's like... It ends up providing a very slight bonus, but then they also introduce another thing that provides a slight bonus. The Glimmer Void. Mm-hmm. Which, like, trivializes the Halo because it says the same thing. And it's just like, okay, I guess you just... The Halo didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you have two things that kind of help, they turn into one thing that really helps. I don't know. Maybe. But with that, Jeff, do you want to go on a beer break and grab our third beer of the night? Sounds good. All right. Up next, we have Pilsner Urkel, which is a Pilsner from the Czech Republic. Claims to be the original Pilsner. 4.4%, and this baby started in 1842. A little bit of opposite of Cronenberg here. Last time I gave it silver one, and you gave it silver two. Yep, 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 yep. So, let's go into episode number four, Impossible Odds. So, our strike team is moving towards Elish Norn's altar, which is inside of the Fair Basilica. There are only two more levels below this, basically. Uh, the Mycosynth Gardens, and then from there they can go to the Seed Core, which is where the Realm Breaker is, and we need to detonate our Silex to blow up the tree, and then we save the multiverse, but probably Wait. blow up Mirrodin. Ooh. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> eh. So... Uh, Malira is the only one who's been there before, which I said, um, kind of earlier when we were talking about Malira, she's gone down with strike teams and all of the other people have died because they can't handle the, uh, the spores that are in the Mycosynth Gardens. They all turn into Phyrexians basically, or I guess just die. I don't really know if you always turn into a Phyrexian. Maybe you just die. Yeah. It wasn't totally clear. Yeah. I imagined that it was turning into a Phyrexian because that's what Malira is immune to. Mm-hmm. But maybe she's just immune to all Phyrexian Toxin poisons. things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the moment where Kaito says that uh, he really hopes that Nahiri is actually dead after her sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And everyone looks at him like, what? Whoa! Wait, whoa, 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 bro. Uh, dude. What the fuck? Because yeah. <laughs> everyone's... Uh, <laughs> It's very well, people are literally like, I can't believe, you know, she did that sacrifice. He's like, I hope she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're kind of talking about like what she did for them and how they got here now. And, and he's really hoping that she's dead. <laughs> and then he explains himself to say, it's because I don't, I know how powerful she is. I really don't want to have to fight her. It's like, none right. of us can beat her one-on-one and probably not two-on-one. So like, that's bad news, yeah. which he's not wrong. Yeah, he, he's not wrong. 
Yeah, he's he's basically thinking about it as she's either dead or a Phyrexian, mm-hmm. and I'd prefer dead, mm-hmm. which makes sense. But it just like it just seemed a little offside at the time, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, I can't believe she did that for us." He's like, "I hope that bitch is dead." Yeah, <laughs> fucking hear <laughs> Hope she's dead. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they go inside the basilica, and there are all these like calcified like elish norn followers everywhere like there's a bunch of they're more statues mm-hmm. wearing clothes just kidding they they're actually just statues they're not like with the clothes or <laughs> whatever um and uh everyone's like looking to each other this is this is a trap though right there's it's kind of a trap there's a bunch trap. of like statues yeah. around and they there was a statue outside too and they're like that's gonna pop out at us isn't it like it's this doesn't seem right it wasn't just like a statue either right it was like a colossus yeah it was like freaking huge and they had to cross a bridge and there's this big ass statue right next to it and they're like what if that thing comes to life and smashes the bridge while we're walking across it they're like this is another moment of like well then i guess we'd be fucked (laughs) and then (laughs) nothing happens so it's totally fine yeah. Um, yeah. It happens so many times where they just elude, like, foreshadow something that just never happens. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of times when they foreshadow something and it does happen too. So there's just a lot of foreshadowing. So yeah. I guess when they. They got to keep you on your toes by throwing in some false positives. I think it's like whenever they flash a, like a flashlight on it, like they spotlight it, being like, hey, this is the thing that could happen. <laughs> uh, it doesn't happen. And then every time it, like, it's kind of yeah. snuck in there, then it happens. Classic. Yeah. Uh, they just walk through. They like there's n- all the calcified or whatever. I think the card's actually called ossification or something. Ossified. So I don't know what that means, but mm-hmm. um, they are turned into bone. I would guess. Oh, bones. Oh, ugh. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Ugh. That's so much worse. I don't like that at all. I know. I know. Os like os is French for bone. Okay, that's gross. Anyway, they're all bone. I guess. Oh God, I hate that. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> So the bone statues, uh, they don't come to life. They're just, they stay bone and, uh, they just kind of walk through and then find the altar and then just like go behind the altar and then just like go down the stairs, which was, uh, yeah. easy. It's very surprising. <laughs> yeah, um, t- too easy, too easy. Um, when they're going down though, Kaya walks over to the wall and there's like these spores on it and she's about to touch it. And the mirror is like, no, 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 no. You don't want to touch that. Because, what are you doing? Yeah, that's the bad stuff. That's the turn you into the bad people thing. Don't don't touch that. She's like, that's the shit that got us the first time that they came here. They just pushed that yeah. into the air and everybody fucking died. And then I found out I was immune. And then I became a hero, basically. Yeah, and that's why I'm the best. That's why I'm here um, right now. Because everyone else died. It'd be a real, like, I'm surrounded by idiots moment for mm-hmm. Alara. What are you doing? Don't touch that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so they they descend into the Mycosynth Gardens, and then uh, when they're there, uh, there's basically Malira shows off how like resistant she is to oil and stuff because she like there's like there's some part I don't really know what it was. I was a little confused because like the pictures show more of like an open space, but it seemed like it was closed in enough that you would walk by stuff and it would brush on you and then the oil yeah. would be on your body. And so she kind of walks through and gets the oil on her and then shows that nothing happens and just like falls off. And she's like, yeah, but this isn't going to happen to you. 
it just happens to him. Yeah, you would all get messed up, but... And so now we go into the part where, like, this is the part of the casino movie that I, like, get mad at if they do it, and why movies like Ocean Eleven or uh, Ocean's Eleven, sorry, are good, because Tyvar explains his plan, and then we immediately do all the things he just explained. So we have to read the right. same thing twice, and it's like... Yeah, yeah. And in Ocean's Eleven, while they're explaining it, it's happening. So we don't have to do it twice. It just kind of happens right. at the same time, which is a good way you do this. Um, but anyway, do you want to explain his mission or his plan? Like why, what he does? Yeah. So basically we spoke about how Tyvar can make his skin like whatever he wants it to be. So that's he was stone at the start. Mm -hmm. I guess he can also do that to other people. He can make other people's skin change to this other substance and so he's going to basically coat them all in glimmer void um, to give them some amount of protection but then also because kaito was able to remove the oil from his skin earlier Kaito's going to be on like flash oil removing duty where uh, when they get through and he drops the glimmer void all the oil has to get off and so Kaido has to, like, use his telekinetic powers to remove all that oil. And that's basically the plan. They're just going to walk through, but they're going to they're gonna armor up first. And then, because he can't necessarily keep the Glimmer Void armor forever, and Glimmer Void isn't 100% resistant, um, Kaito's got to get that oil off them ASAP. Yeah. It's also important that when Tyvar is doing this to you, you can't use your magic. So if you are being like turned mm -hmm. into a rock or glimmer void or whatever, you can't use any of your powers. So that's why Kaito has to be on right. alert. So as soon as that comes down, he has to be able to pull it off. Um, yeah. This is a this is a huge plant. So this is a um, Kaito yes. earlier being able to take the ball of this is I think this is an interesting uh, storytelling technique actually. So. Um, Kaito's plant was earlier in Fire Xen Arena where he takes the oil off and throws it at the guy. All right, so that's the first plant. So now it's, the payoff is right now where we've learned that, um, sweet, he can do this thing and he's going to help us with this task. But then Tyvar plants a new thing that's going to come up later mm -hmm. by, yes. by <laughs> showing us the payoff of one plant and add a new plant for another thing. So I don't... I, it, I don't think it was extremely like strong, but it was interesting. I don't really, you don't often see the payoff of a plant with a new plant for another payoff later. So I kind of like right. that a little bit. I mean, obviously you don't necessarily know what's happening at the time. Exactly. You only see the resolution of the first plant. But you right? just have that moment of why is it so important that he, no one can use their magic during this time. Right. And we won't figure that out for a little bit, but anyway. We uh, do all the things we just said, <laughs> and it happens, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I was I was gonna say like we have fewer notes for this story. Was it just shorter? And I'm like, no, no. It's because they just it, it's like half as long because they explained everything twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when we get to the other side of whatever these things are, I'm not exactly super sure. We see the realm breaker, and at this moment, Tyvar cries. Kind of. He's like, oh no, the world tree, because. Every time in the story we talk about the Realm Breaker, Tyvar has something to say about the World Tree, about how 
the realm breaker's an imposter and the world tree's amazing yeah. and something 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 because it's like to the, the point where they stopped calling it the world tree because he would freak out every yeah. time they're like fine fine realm breaker whatever yeah like, and like they don't give a shit because they're whatever um but this is when it gets confusing where I'm like not super sure whether it actually is the world tree completed or it's a, it's one that they crafted and then they're calling it something else. My interpretation was they took some sort of like seed from the actual world tree and planted yeah. a new one they, that was like Firex seed. They took the, the um, whatever the, what's it called? The serum. The serum. Or, yeah. Or whatever. The yeah. sap of it the sap yeah um uh that happened a long time ago um but anyway realm breaker is a really cool name for a tree uh so anyway i like it all right so as they're crossing over to the realm breaker they have to go over this bridge and then uh there's just like this big explosion and the sky opens up and the blind eternities are revealed which is telling us that we're very very close to the the tree actually reaching other uh planes right now so we're a bit farther into the whole tree is doing the stuff it's supposed to do thing than we thought which is really bad for our plan because we were trying to blow up the tree and we were hoping it wouldn't be in the blind eternities by this point right and it's like to the point where they're already loading up warships Mm -hmm. with millions of phyrexians because they think they're that close to like ship out and ready to go yeah um, take over these other planes so it's already too late like, and they know this while this is happening they're like fuck it, we're too late yeah they're like dang that's a shame yeah um we get to the other side of the bridge uh to the seed core which is we what we've been looking for this whole time finally we get to the the bottom and karn is there and he is mm-hmm. vivisected <laughs> He's messed up. He's just parts <laughs> in a tree. Yeah. And it's really sad. And everyone's like, what the fuck happened to you? Um, <laughs> Elspeth is really torn apart about this. And he just tells them that they rejected their father of machines. And that he's just there and he's going to die. Like, he's done. It's like, he, he's just spare parts, basically. Um mm-hmm. What happens next, I don't completely understand. Because it's another time where someone is in a bad position and they're telling other people to go away and they won't. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So, Malira and Koth decide that they want to free Karn from the restraints that he's in. So, Koth uses his demolition team that's supposed to help in case the Silex doesn't work. To break Karn free from the seed core. I feel like they are so close. Because now once we get to Karn, Karn tells us that where you actually have to detonate the Silex is at the root source, not the seed core. So you have to go find the root source and that's the place where you should blow it up. Right. Um, where the whole time we thought it was the seed core. We thought we were already there. Mm-hmm. and the demolition team's like, well, we're just going to help free Karn, and that's why we came here. Not to blow up the whole thing just in case the other thing didn't work. Yeah, ridiculous. <sighs> yeah, but we'll get to why it's less ridiculous in a moment. But um, anyway, so they stay behind, and then Karn specifically tells Elspeth not to go 
not to stay and not to run away, but to go with Jace, basically. You need to go yeah. with them, finish the mission, blow everything up, kill me or whatever, but like get it done. So we're like, okay, that's the plan. Blow everything up no matter what. That's the plan. Blow it up. Blow it up. I'm on board with this plan. It's only the Planeswalkers left. This entire time we've had Malira, Karn, and this Detonation crew. They have stayed with... Did I say Karn? Koth. <laughs> Koth. <laughs> Sorry. And Malira, Koth, and the Detonation crew, they're staying with Karn. People are like, what the fuck? Karn's been there, Karn's the, whole been there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he just in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so they... Um, all the non... No, because Koth's a Planeswalker. Yeah, anyway. So Malira, Koth... And the demolition crew, they're all staying with Karn to help free him or whatever. And the rest of the planeswalkers who are not native to this plane are going to the root source to blow up the Realm Breaker. But while this is happening, we can look up and see that the omen paths are starting to open up from the Realm Breaker, which are the things that help you get to the planes, which Tyavar's like, oh shit, that's an omen path. I know what that is. Because those are what help you <laughs> go between plane, uh, between realms on call time if i'm not mistaken right yeah and that's how they go through their stuff because their entire plane is basically like its own little multiverse um mm -hmm. go back and listen to drunken vorthos call time from years ago if you want to learn more about that <laughs> yeah. and we get to basically where we're trying to go but we run into bum 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 a johnny and tybalt they show up <gasps> And uh, Ajani looks very different because he is all clad in like Elish Norn merchandise. He went to the gift shop yeah. and he got it all decked out. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> he's like, a, he kind of looks like he's a NASCAR driver or like <laughs> he's got all the, like, yeah. his Elish Norn stuff. And you're like, whoa, did you get paid for that? Or do you just like, yeah, you just really like Elish Norn? That? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but luckily Tybalt is... He's a super fan. Yeah, he's a super fan. Uh, Tybalt is just uh, completed. He, he doesn't have... He doesn't look like Elishnorn with like all the white and the red and stuff. He's just yeah. uh, how he is, but he's got like a... Mostly his tail's just split in two. Yeah, it's like razors and, and the cool stuff. Um, yeah. So he just looks cooler. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we get to our uh, story spotlight number five, Complete Devotion, where... Johnny is fighting Elspeth. He's basically talking to her very calmly, which is scary for her, and talking about how she should be completed just like him so they can be together and be at home, which is a really big piece of Elspeth's character is feeling like she doesn't have a home. So him offering mm -hmm. her a home is exactly what she wants, though she pushes away and isn't tempted even This isn't the exactly the home that she wants. Yeah, yeah not so much. Um, they... Uh, she was kind of, I don't remember what plane she was born on, but she does have very early memories of Phyrexians torturing her and her, the people in her cell. So I don't think she's really, this could be her home. This is her home actually, probably. And, but not, she doesn't like well, it. Well, yeah, maybe old Phyrexia was her home, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, a battle breaks out and that is the end of episode number four. Yeah, it's pretty sick because basically Tyvar and Elspeth are like, you guys go, so Jace, Kaya, and Kaito are going to leave, and then Tyvar and Elspeth are going to stay, and then like 2v2, uh, Johnny and Tybalt, 
and Tyvar and Tyvar's just like this story ends with Tyvar just being like, "All right, shall we? Mm-hmm. Shall we engage or something like that?" This is a uh, <laughs> this is a cutscene from Mortal Kombat. Where, yeah, exactly. Where like the the people who you've been waiting for them to spar up for a while, and they're gonna do like a tag team match, like the old uh, Mortal yeah. Kombat games. <laughs> and everyone instead of just like five v twoing them and crushing them and running off, mm-hmm. they're like no two v two and you guys go. Ahead. Yeah, it's only fair. Um, but also, you know, there is a clock ticking, and they have to get Jace to the the root source as soon as possible. Yeah. And here we are, episode five inevitable resolutions the final chapter of our story Exciting stuff. yeah and um so like we said before we leave tyvar and elspeth to fight their battles against ajani and tybalt and kaya kaito and jace are headed to the root source we basically think everything is fucked like we're so like the the realm breakers opening blind eternities and there's omen paths Everything's screwed up, and we can't even find this stupid root source. Eventually, Kaya, I think, sees some sort of disc on the ground and decides that that is the root source for some reason. And then, like, she <laughs> turns, like, ghosty and, like, falls through the earth and then, like, sees, oh, this looks like a root. And then they decide that that's the place yeah. that they need to be. Uh, so they, they do that. Um, and then they make a bigger hole so the other ones can fall through. And Kaito helps Jace come down uh, using his telekinetic powers so it doesn't hurt the um, dying man. Because at this point, he's, like, not doing well. Like, he's... He's pretty messed he's up. He's pretty messed up. Um, but as they're kind of talking about everything, and Jace is like, I have to go and detonate the Silex, Kaito all of a sudden realizes that, like, wait, 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 wait. The Silex could blow up Kamigawa? I came here to save Kamigawa. I am not trying to help destroy it. And Jace is like, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. It might happen. I don't even know if the tree has touched it yet. We don't know, but I have to do this right now. Or it doesn't matter. The Phyrexians are going to find you one way or the other. So mm-hmm. what? Do you, just let me do the mission, man. Yeah. <laughs> Please just let me do the thing that, we, that we've set out to yeah. do. And... This is when I'm like, okay, everything else I was like, it's fine. Everything was fine. No, this was so frustrating. Until now. Little did I know it was the Phyrexian who was this, you know, about to be converted to the other team is actually the only one still trying to complete the mission. Yeah. <laughs> so it's backwards. So earlier, Jeff, you said, oh, giving the Silex to the Phyrexian, that's a bad idea. Uh, no, it's yeah. not. It's actually the best idea. <laughs> If you give it to Kaya, none of this happens because Kaya just decides we're not going to do the mission anymore. We're going to do nothing. We're just, we're going to do nothing. <laughs> she has no alternative yeah. plan and Kaito immediately sides with her. Yeah. Kaya's like, wait, we can't risk destroying all of the multiverse for this. And Jace is like, it doesn't matter. If we don't do this, the whole multiverse is doomed anyway. So we might as well do it mm-hmm. now. And if it works, awesome. If not, we're all gone. Like it, it's, it doesn't matter. At least we tried. To be fair, he is about to die and, or be turned into a Phyrexian. So it's like, he, he doesn't really have very much skin in the game. So like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, the, the woman he loves or the, I guess, Gorgon he loves is, um, yeah. you know, completed. Uh, so it's like, uh, fate worse than death. Yeah. And so Kaya and Kaito have, have more, 
that they're worried about. But uh, the whole time I'm like, come on, just let him blow it up. Let him blow it up. But again, let him blow it up. I know. But again, one of the major themes of this story is that this was not a well thought out plan. And so like, they're just realizing that this could have side effects now. Yeah. When they get to the world tree thing and like are ready to blow it up. This should have been something you talked about ahead of time. Hey, uh, if the world tree connects Thyrexia to another plane it's, and we blow up the world tree, does it blow up that other plane? Well, I don't know. It's not even something they should have talked about. They did already. We talked about this. Like, we have to get there before it reaches the blind eternities. They were late. And then he's still like, let's just do it. Because the Mirans... They should have had a plan in case they were late, is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, should they, though? Like, the Mirans were like, thank you for telling me the truth. We are risking our plane to 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 save the multiverse. Yeah. Everyone else should have done yeah, the same. And they should have been at that point. And just to clarify, if it connects to other planes as well, we still have to do this. Just so everyone's on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway, Kaya and Kaito are against Kaito. it. So now they're fighting. Ugh. And Jace is like using his illusions because that's all he can really do to have them attack the wrong Jace. Exactly. Um <laughs> While that's happening, we cut back to Elspeth and Ajani, who are fighting on the bridge. And it's it's more of the classic, like, Ajani's like, join me and we can live forever and be strong. And your home is with me here as a Phyrexian. And, and then Elspeth's like, no, I won't do it. You're not my father. Or whatever. Um, and uh, <laughs> anyway, so he's like slashing his axe at her. And, like, he uses some extra magic. I don't exactly know what it is, but, like, it barely misses her, and it blows a big chunk out of the bridge, but not enough that, like, mm-hmm. makes the bridge collapse, but, like, enough that we're kind of scared. And yeah. um, then we cut over to Tyvar and Tybalt fighting, and they talk about some stuff about Tyvar. They have, like, the worst trash talk yeah. I've ever... Like, it was, it was embarrassing to read that part. It's, Come on. It's a lot of like a Johnny and Elspeth have such a deep history that like it matters what they say. Like it like it makes more sense that he knows more about her. And then Tyvar and Tybalt, it's kind of like we met one time on your home plane and now I'm just making you feel like you're a stupid little prince and like your brother who runs the elves is like better than you. That's basically what he's trying to say. And Tyvar's yeah. like falling for it. I don't know. <laughs> And Tyvar's like, you may not be the god of lies, but I still don't believe you. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> it's like, come on, that's so cheesy. Yeah, yeah so, um, sorry, Shannon, that one's a bit rough. It, 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 you know, whenever they do that, it feels like the writer had a, like a sheet of like who the characters are, and they kind of like read yeah. it over and tried to put it in dialogue whenever they could. And maybe she, maybe she had to, like, I don't know, maybe they had to. Like, oh, have a certain amount of things. Include some I, sort of... I, 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 I it's definitely not an easy task and I don't know what they would talk about anyway. So like, I, I think it, it definitely wasn't the worst. It wasn't great, but it, it wasn't the worst thing. You could, at least they said something. So it was a bit cringe. That's all. Yeah. It's, it was a little cringe, but anyway, um, we're going to skip that part cause it doesn't really matter. Um, so they are uh, we cut back to Elspeth and then she starts thinking of ways that uh, she kind of like did a really bad job like if she was better or she was faster all these things would be different 
And this has actually happened to, I think Dahiri felt this way too and some other people where they're like, if I was just faster getting to the furnace level or if I was just better at the draws thing or like if I could have done this a little bit better, I would have been able to avoid all these things. Or if I didn't leave a Johnny earlier, he wouldn't be completed and then blah, blah, blah. It's all the classic like blaming yourself for things that are completely out of your control, um, which mm -hmm. start to seeds of doubt into your mind and then you start making mistakes. That's basically what's happening to her. And then we cut back to the Jace-Kaya fight. Um, so as I said, Jace's basically only option here, because he's pretty wounded, is to just make illusions of himself and hope that Kaya attacks the wrong one. Um, but I guess Kaya can sense that the illusions don't have spirits, but the real Jace does. So she's able to pick out the real Jace just by like searching for spirits using her powers to like fe put feelers out there. For yeah. Spirits. I thought it was the opposite. It was that like the illusions are kind of like ghosts and so she can see them better. And so mm. she sees the one that isn't like that. That's what I thought. I, I interpret it as like, they don't have souls. That makes sense. That also she, makes sense. She can feel the soul. Um, but it doesn't really matter. She she basically yeah. can figure out which yeah. one is Jace. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't really matter, but she knows which one's Jace. And it's the one, lo and behold, that's farthest away. Who who would have known? Yeah. As soon as it said that, I was like, Kaya, come on. Like, <laughs> Of course it is. Um, there are two that are like blocking you. Yeah. And then one that's like way back there scurrying off with the silence. Like, She's like, I can use my powers to tell which one's the real chase. <laughs> it's like, it's that one, duh. And so she tells Kaito and she's like, that one. And then Kaito like takes his ninja stars and throws it at Jace. And Jace like doesn't do anything and gets hit with the ninja stars in his arm. <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck, on my yeah. arm. Uh, oh, damn. To be fair, his, he is pretty screwed up. So like he's making the illusions is probably the most he can do. And he can't really do a bunch of other things. So. Uh, mm -hmm. that makes sense um, and then Jace is there holding the Silex being like Kaya please let me do this and she's like no I'm not going to let you blow up the multiverse and he's like no just come on come on just let me do it like bro 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 um, yeah. then we cut back to Elspeth and Tyvar fighting and Ajani is swinging at Elspeth's neck and earlier when she had fallen and like missed that the, the swipe she like dropped her sword and then this is a moment where it's like oh no she doesn't have her sword and he's coming at her neck and then she just like blocks it yeah. with her sword and we're like whoa yeah. where did that come from I don't know she picked it up at some point um mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um so Tyvar does this thing he's all glimmer voidy now and he grabs Tybalt and then he starts to do the thing from before so remember when i said that he if, if he gives somebody else the power that he has they can't use their magic well tyvar grabs tybalt by the throat and starts making him glibber voidy too so tybalt can't do any of his little tricks or whatever and uh uh that brings us to story spotlight number six which is tyvar's stand and uh hey so this is the payoff for the plant we had earlier where, hey, this makes sense why give, making him, quote-unquote, stronger would stop him from doing magic things. Not amazing, but I like yeah. it. Yeah, and basically all of that self-doubt that Elspeth was feeling was Tybalt's magic. Yeah. So when he does this to block Tybalt's magic, Elspeth's like, wait a minute, no, I'm dope. And then she 
starts to whoop Johnny's ass. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, he pushes him to the ground, and then Tyvar takes Tybalt, grabs his tail, which Tybalt is trying to use to, like, stab Tyvar. He grabs it and pushes it right into his chest where his heart would be, which is important because he doesn't have a heart anymore because he's a Phyrexian and they don't have hearts. And he slams him into the bridge. And I think he might go through the bridge, and I think he's gone. Oh, yeah. I think he's, like... Oh, he is super dead. He's, like, super dead. Tyvar... Tyvar messes him Yeah, up. which is kind of sick. Because Tyvar's pretty pissed that he impersonated the God of Lies and kind of fucked with his plan. Tyvar likes Kaltheim, if you didn't know. Yeah, and, just uh, a little bit. Uh, Tybalt, Tybalt messed with it, yeah. so... Not cool, man. Not cool. And, like, what did he even have to do there? He didn't. He was just, like, distracting them while Vorinclex took the serum stuff, right? Yeah. Because his whole arc was kind of stupid, so... He, like, opened up something that caused... He made, like, a doom scar, and then, yeah, he had a... Right. He, like, opened it, like, they... He smashed some realms together, and there's a doom scar, and there's some fighting, but, like, nothing ended up really happening, and it was totally Mm -hmm. fine. Um, Classic. Classic uh, magic story. Anyway, um, (laughs) after this happens, Elspeth runs away. Now, we are back with Kaya who grabs the Silex from Jace because he's kind of dead-ish. And um, she was in her, like, ghost form when she did it. And as she comes out of her ghost form to hold the Silex, the Silex starts to vanish and, like, turns into a mist. And she looks over and realizes that Jace was actually holding an illusion and he has the real Silex in his hands. Fucking Jace Mm -hmm. with his mind tricks. Crazy. And this brings us to story spotlight number seven, bring the ending. Which is like weirdly a counter spell. I feel like it should be like a bounce spell or something or like a... But anyways, he says sorry and he starts to activate the Silex. Now, it says something about like he knows the actual words don't matter, but he just decides to say the same thing that Urza said, which he knows because Kaya knows, because Teferi knows kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Um... But he says, wipe the land clear, bring the ending. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. He also says, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, right after that. I don't know if Urza also said, I'm sorry, but um, in any case, when we were talking about activating the Silex before, this is what it seems like you all you have to do, is say the magic word. Um, right. So, like, <laughs> does it really matter? <laughs> it has to be Jace. Yeah. <laughs> So the Silex is, ha- it's going, it's, it's exploding. But of course, right when that happens, Elspeth jumps down through the hole that they made earlier. And they said, I don't, they just kind of said this, that like she, w- she saw what was happening and immediately understood the circumstances and knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Which seems very suspect, especially when the plan is Jace is going to detonate the Silex and blow up the realm yeah, breaker and you find out that that isn't the plan anymore somehow anyway uh elspeth runs over to jace charges him shoves her sword into him oh yeah and then takes the silex into her hands and she looks over to see uh kaito and kaya and then she planes walks away with the silex as it's exploding which leads us to story spotlight number eight, which is vanish into eternity. Yeah. Which everyone thought was going to be path to exile, but it wasn't. Um, De- no, it is not. No. 
Um, but that would have been a really cool, uh, cool thing because we don't really know where she went, but she went, it says somewhere beyond the blind eternities, whatever the fuck that means. Mm -hmm. So, so luckily she's not just going to a random, <laughs> imagine she goes, she planeswalks to Kamigawa and, <laughs> and blows it up. <laughs> Kaito would be so pissed. <laughs> Why Kamigawa? Yeah. <laughs> So it does say on the card, I thought this was interesting, mm -hmm. faced with a blast that would level not only New Phyrexia, but also a dozen innocent world, uh, worlds, Elspeth consigned it and herself to the nothingness in between. I like that. So I guess she's just going to like blow up in the blind eternities, maybe Yeah. take a couple of, uh, take a couple of Eldrazi with her. Maybe, hopefully. Did she go to Innistrad's moon? Yeah. That'd be amazing. This is the perfect time to, up yeah, to get Emrakul. <laughs> um, I mean, in the story, it does say beyond the blind eternities, but that doesn't really make any sense because that's like beyond I don't space. Know what that means. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know where space is that's infinite? Well, there's something past that. So that's where they went. Beyond that. Maybe she went to universes beyond and blew up like the Lord of the Rings set or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's like her and some Transformers and like My Little Ponies and like The Walking Dead. They're going to have to edit those Lord of the Rings movies where mm -hmm. it looks like they're about to win, but then just something happens and they all blow up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so she's gone. She's gone now. Um, died again, probably. Uh, yeah, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Anyway, Tyvar also jumps into the hole and is reunited with Kaito and Kaya. Yay! And Jace is still lying on the ground with a sword in his chest. Um, <laughs> they, oh, who knows? Elspeth can apparently magically retrieve her sword. So we learned that earlier. Right. So that's true. She, that's true. She got it back. Um, there are explosions all around them. And the Realm Breaker is finally connecting to all the different planes. So they lost. This is... Yep. Yep. Uh, all the ships, uh, El Elishnorn's um, fire exchange ships are starting to go into the different planes and they're invading the other worlds to, I don't know, infect their soil. There's something about pregnancy or something where like they're, I know that was, yeah, where like <laughs> the tree was pregnant and spreading its seed, which was very confusing because pregnancy means that you already had the seed implanted and then yeah. their seeds going, it was, ugh, I don't know what that was, but like. <laughs> it was un it was unsettling. It was a bit unsettling, uh, but anyway, so the Phyrexians are just spreading their seed all over the place, but also they're pregnant or something. Anyway, I don't know. Yes. So, Jeff, do you want to just talk about this last bit where we finally see someone? Yeah. So they hear like some footsteps or whatever behind them. They all turn around, sort of movie fashion, and who emerges through the door? But of course, Elish Norn herself. <gasps> Elish Norn? Yes. I thought you were going to be here in, like, episode three, but nope. Nope. Yeah, just at the very, very end. Uh, and she says something about joining her. Obviously, they refuse, as per usual. Uh, and then she's like, oh, well, your friends have already joined me. And that's when you see Nahiri in full Phyrexian form. And Nissa, who has also been completed. Um, and then Jace as well, his 
you know, corpse. I, I sort of see it, like, floating up in, like, a creepy kind of, like, zombie poltergeist kind of yeah. way. Um, and just, like, stands up and join, walks over and joins them. <sighs> and so they're all there. I think they say something about Tamio at some point, but they're... Oh, yeah, Tamio's there, and Kaito's like, because <gasps> yes. he kind of knew Tamio briefly. Yeah, and Tyvar has a moment where he's like, oh, my God, an elf has been completed. That's so gross. Right, because they needed him to have some sort of tie-in. So. Yeah. <laughs> there is a nice moment where Elish Norn's talking about, a nice as in, like, I like when they are able to explain why the bad guys are good, or whatever. So Elish Norn's talking about Nahiri and Nissa and how they're both from the same plane, but they've always been enemies. But now, since they're both completed, they're sisters, and they have the same goals. Um, mm-hmm. That was, like, a nice That's way. nice. Of, Maybe they should just get completed. Yeah, it seems kind of good. Um, honestly, like, you get some fucking sweet white armor. It's like, I mean, it's bone. Live, for, live forever. Mm-hmm. You know, get more powerful. You're, like, part of something. Everyone was always talking about how they want community. You know, like, a really nice, tight-knit mm-hmm. community. Might as well, man. Yeah. Let's do it. Put your oil in me, mommy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, after that, the invasion begins. Um, yeah, and that's our final story spotlight, which is number nine. All will be one. Let's go to uh, some uh, final thoughts, some conclusions on this before we go into last call. I did like this one, actually. Um, for the most part, it felt like every chapter fit with the other ones. And I like the story of we have a plan, even if it's kind of a dumb plan. But as we go through it, we start losing members bit by bit and have to go deeper and deeper or farther and farther, whatever it is. But like, I like it. And it's not really like a mystery, which a lot of them can be. So um, mm-hmm. some of those aspects I enjoyed. And uh, I'm glad we killed as many people as we did, or, or turned them. That, this is my big thing. If, and a lot of people have said this, but if in March of the Machines, at the end of it, they, for whatever fucking reason, find a cure for being yeah. turned, like, I'm going to be so mad. Like, yeah, you made me mourn all these people dying or turning or whatever, and then they're just like, fine after this? I'm going to be so pissed. And it's, it's such a cop-out, right? It's such a cop-out. The thing is, I don't necessarily... Like, I wouldn't put it past them, I don't think. Well, no. Like, that could be something that happens. Because they have way yeah. too much IP in it, you know, where they're like, oh, we're just going right. to get rid of, like, Jason Vraska. But, like, yeah, bro, it's time. Like, move on. <laughs> Jace has been around long enough. Yeah. How many more Jaces can you make? Like, how many more cards can you make that are interesting? Like, I, don't, I just don't think you can. Right. Like, his design... They talk yeah. about design space a lot. Maybe his design space is filled up. He's done. It's time for a different, a blue planeswalker with a different theme. Yeah. yeah, I like this one too. When you described it as a heist movie, I think that resonated with me because I like heist movies. So then I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that makes sense why I liked this one then. Um, I do have a few critiques of some themes. Like, obviously, the plan just clearly wasn't thought out at all, really. Um and also, they were just, like, way too cool, as I mentioned. Way too cool with people getting completed and just, like, eh, 
let's keep going. Yeah. It's like, no, this, this person's going to turn against you at any time. Come on. You can't just not worry about it. Um, but that was basically the stand they all took mm-hmm. all the time. I mean... It's like, whatever. To be fair, the only person that actually turned against them was the person yelling, get away from me, I'm going to turn. And then our not-turned-character says, no, I'm going to stay with you. And then because of that, they turn. But yeah. the other characters do something good. I mean, like, in my mind, Jace grabbing the Silex and trying to detonate it is something they wanted to do, should have done. So Yeah, and that, that part really pissed. That was a very frustrating final chapter. Where I'm just like, everyone just instantly turns on the plan except Jace. Yeah. And like, like you said, Elspeth comes down and already knows everyone's turned on the plan and she should turn on the plan too. Like, if Jace weren't the one still on the plan, it could make sense because Jace could have like let her know telepathically. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Jace wouldn't have done that means like there was no way for her to assess all of this information that quickly especially since you know she's not exactly known for her her brilliance um i thought that all was a little silly uh but yeah it's just it's just frustrating because jace is right yeah hey if we don't do this yes i might blow up i might blow up kanagawa that might happen Mm -hmm. but we don't know that that's going to happen and we know that if I don't do this, Kamigawa is fucked. So, what would you prefer? 50-50 it's fucked, or definitely it's fucked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, that's a huge thing. Um, it's also that, like, when you're reading through the story, you know that they're going to lose because there's the set called March of the Machines. Yeah. So, like, right. you kind of going in, you go into it being like, this isn't going to go well. And I wonder if their design of it is like, as they're writing the story or deciding what's going to happen with it, they're like, they have to lose. So maybe their plan kind of sucks a little bit, you know, like it wasn't the greatest to begin with. The other thing I was going to call out is before the story, reading the story, I was worried that like, I might've ruined it for myself by looking at card previews and knowing which planeswalkers get completed. Mm -hmm. But after reading it, I would say that's not really the case. Like, Nahiri gets the scratch right away, mm-hmm. and it's basically clear that she's going to start converting. And similarly with Jace, like, it, you know he's going to start converting. Braska, you meet her, and she's essentially completed, and all of the other ones don't matter. So it's just like, actually, I didn't ruin the story at all by knowing that yeah. information. So that was nice. Yeah. Because sometimes I think they, like, it sucks when previews ruin the story for you um, because you, I'm obviously going to look at previews. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they did it in a way this time that's like you can know exactly who's completed and who isn't, but it didn't ruin anything. Yeah, I think you're, you're definitely right with that. Um, it's still hard, like, if w- trying not to have the story ruined for you by cards, because even, like, seeing the thing about Elspeth and the the silex you see that card and mm-hmm. you can read the flavor text the stuff with the jace card and, and and all all the story spotlight ones um come out but the story comes out you know very quickly but the day that the story comes out cards will be spoiled from that story right after and people were talking yeah. about like the story can get ruined for you in like an hour 
like after the story yeah. came out. Like if you don't wait for it to come out and read it immediately, you can immediately get the story ruined for you because of a card that comes out. So um, they, <laughs> they're doing better where the story comes out before the full set reviews out or set uh, mm-hmm. the, the card image gallery. But if they started, if they started just doing the story and then like letting cards come out, just after the story is completed, maybe like they yeah <laughs> they could totally do that. Because um, even the, having the art in the story is enough to be exciting, you know. Like oh, look at this art or whatever. Or some of it's like one of the cards is like the Silex, but you can see Jace has like some tentacles around his hands, and people were mm-hmm. speculating that he was already completed because of just that picture, you know. And so that can be kind of fun. So having as much time to just look at the art and guess what's going to happen or what the cards are or anything. Yeah, I love that the art and it, because it's a preview, it doesn't even have the name of the card mm-hmm. under it. Like normally it'll have the name of the card whenever they put art in something, but in the stories it won't because it's not out yet. Yeah. Anyway, overall, I think the story was good for magic stories. Yes. One of the yeah, best. One of the better magic ones, stories. I would say. Yeah. Um, so very very happy with it i i had you know i didn't have a ton of moments of being like wow this is so stupid until we were talking about it because then you start to dissect Mm -hmm. a bit more of what the story or what the plan was but for the most part for me i'm like i'm on board for most everything besides things that annoy me like nobody listened to jace at the end but anyway and it like i think it was really well written too yeah like you know the only thing we really criticized was the dialogue between tyvar and and everything else I thought if this is the story you have to tell like this is well written yeah even with that I think that there isn't much getting around that like, you can't really get around that too much like I think Tybalt's mm-hmm. just one of those characters that is the just has annoying dialogue because he's supposed to be snarky and annoying and yeah and Tyvar is like the opposite like no humor just full stoic yeah. kind of yeah. so <laughs> kind of just the dumb whatever's so it, it i think that task was difficult but the rest of it i agree i think shannon mcguire did a really good job as we're closing things out do you want to go to last call and drink the last beer and rate all of them let's do it last beer of the night for last call all right what do we got here this is moosehead it's canadian beer it was uh, established in 1867. It's a 5% lager. This is one of the beers I thought of when we were doing the Silver Series originally when we were talking. I think the first time we were doing this, we're talking about camping beers. What's the best camping beer? Where right. you want something that's light enough and also cheap enough that you can get a ton of it and you can drink it all day and you don't get fucking just destroyed. And mm-hmm. Moosehead's a big camping beer for me. So yep. I immediately went to this one. I think our definition has kind of of the silver series has changed a little bit over that time, but uh, originally that's what we started with. Um, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> we're gonna get into rating soon, and I really don't know where I'm going, man. I have some loose thoughts, but uh, it's so hard. Mm. Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know why we do this. Um, <laughs> but if you haven't tasted a bunch of like silver beers together. We say this every time, but it's really fun. And then you start to realize that like something that you always thought was silver, it might not necessarily be higher than silver, but it's hard to 
be on the same axis. Uh, before the show, I was talking to Jeff about how the last Silver Series we did was like three loggers and a Pilsner, and we picked the Pilsner. And we're like, maybe it's not yeah. fair to the loggers that we put a Pilsner in with them. So this time around, we have two loggers, a Blondale and a Pilsner. So we'll figure mm-hmm. out uh, what we really think about it. But as always, we usually rate on a scale of bronze to mythic, but today it's all silvers. So silver four is the worst Silver one is the best. We're going to start at silver four and work our way up. Just like Arena. Yeah. Where I am probably right now as the season is about to reset. Or it has already oh, I'm, reset. I'm like bronze four for sure. Yeah. All right. Are you, are you ready with your silver four? I think I have mine. Oh, man. It's hard, to, it's hard to say this, but I think my silver four has a four in its name. And so that's, you know, it also has a one. It could could have gone either way, but it's it's Cronenberg 1664. All right. It's my choice for Silver 4. Interesting. I think we're going to be <laughs> quite a bit different, my friend. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> just because with going through these beers, um, and I've been putting this one higher in my mind since we did the last silver series and it was like oh this is great i like this beer um today having it against all these other ones i'm gonna say my silver four is the pilsner i oh interesting yeah i was thinking that i was gonna put it way high but i think just because it tastes so different it really Mm -hmm. threw me off being like oh this is not what i was hoping for at all i didn't it has a, a much stronger taste, and it's not what I was looking for at all. So Yeah, we have different lists then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's what I was thinking you would say. I'm, I, I'm probably going to say my silver three was Keith's, actually, because it tasted tinny off of the just the first couple of tastes I had. I was just like, oh, that's not what you... Like, you really want to open it up and, like, the first sip to be like, mm yes and like Mm -hmm. it came off very i don't know aluminum just not not exactly what i was wanting yeah this is hilarious we're gonna have to figure this what to do because we have opposite lists yeah Uh, (laughs) my silver three is moosehead Mm -hmm. Um, for that same reason i think mine's like a little skunked or something or it has this like it has off it doesn't taste right interesting and I don't know if that's just because it's next to these other ones or I actually got like an old one or something like that. But um, I have that like aluminum flavor coming through on my moose head. Interesting. Very interesting. Because I don't have that at all. It's very like, it's much sweeter. And I do remember it being, moose head is sweet. I always forget this. But like <laughs> yeah. when I go camping, I have a ton. I remember that moment being like, I don't know if I can have another one because it feels so sweet. Right. Um, yeah. Which, I guess I'm gonna lead. I'm gonna give silver two to Moosehead because I really okay. like it, but it sometimes that sweetness gets me. My silver two was Pilsner, yeah, or Cal. Mm. And so that that puts my number one at Keith's. Yeah, Keith's. Uh, mine did not does not taste tinny, um, but now I'm in my head about like, is it because it's an ale and the other ones are not ales? But I had the opposite effect of you, where I took the first sip. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a nice change of pace. 
And I wonder if that, like, set this balance for everything, having it after the Cronenberg was like, oh, man, that's way better than the Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, Which is really funny because I had it after the Cronenberg being like, oh, whoa. Oh, this is so much worse. What what happened? (laughs) I was thinking the Cronenberg was going to be the one I didn't like because it had simple syrup in it. And, like, I I was just so put off by that. But then I, it just felt, like, light and nice. And then Mm -hmm. I guess maybe that was what I was hoping for this episode. I was thinking that I was going to, going into it, I thought Pilsner was going to be my highest one. But I ended up just really not caring for the front half of the taste. So might have been some expectations there. As I well. think it's I think it's a bit of expectations, but it's so impossible to have like opinions on things yeah. you don't have expectations for. So right. yeah. me coming into it being like, oh, Pilsner's for sure gonna be number one, and it was number four. N- nowhere would I think that I would like Cronenberg the most. I don't know if it just led off being like nice, crisp. Yeah, I, I came in thinking Moosehead would be my winner because that's what I have in my mind. It's like, oh, I like Moosehead, so yeah. um, that's going to be probably the one that wins because it's the one I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. And Moosehead did not do particularly well on my yeah. list. So. That's, so, that's so interesting. Yeah, because I would also think Moosehead would be one that I would want the most. Will this change when I go camping? Am I going to be like, oh, we should get Cronenberg <laughs> instead of Moosehead? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll get. Maybe I'll think about getting Cronenberg. Cronenberg is the beer that like Catherine will drink, like the lighter one. Like that's that's the only time we've ever had it in the house. I never want to drink it. And now I'm like, should I be drinking this? Should I be rethinking it? <laughs> it feels weird. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, I don't have to worry, worry about it. I no Cronenberg in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, uh, what a weird episode for beers. Ugh, <laughs> wow. I knew it was going to be hard and weird, but I did not think that this was going to... Now I want another Cronenberg so I can drink it to make sure that I made the right decision, because I feel like I didn't, but I said what I said. <laughs> it's, how, it's how you felt. It's That's how, how I felt. felt today. Well, we'll see. Anyway, Jeff, whew, this has been a long one, but it's been a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go yeah. to closing time. As always, you can reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. You may also find us on MTG Arena itself, drafting some new Phyrexia uh, under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. You can find me personally at Zulberg, that is Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Best place to find me is on our Discord channel. I am Regular Jeff on the Discord channel, and you could find a link to that in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Follow us there as well, and go to our YouTube channel, like all of our videos. Uh, It means a lot to us, and we love to hear your feedback. This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you to just let Jace blow up the tree. That's why you're all here, to blow up the fucking tree. Good night. That's fine.